0: This is Cinema Activist, the official podcast of Lion's Den Productions, for filmmakers and cinephiles who crave context. Hey everyone, so John Lyons here, and today is April 19th, 2022, and this is the Unearth Ultimate Edition Blu ray release day. Actually, one year to almost the day when Unearth had its theatrical premiere in Los Angeles and in independent theater chains across the country. We are, again, self-releasing this Blu-ray release. It will be available as you're listening to this through all the major online retailers. So if you go to the websites of Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, etc., etc., including unearthmovie.com, you will be able to order the Unearth Blu-ray in... Two different color schemes, green mold and red rust. In this episode, we are giving you a preview of a couple of the special features that you can find on the Blu ray Ultimate Edition of the film. First, we're going to share about 10 minutes from the cast reunion QA, which took place last year at the Erie Horror Fest. We had a number of cast members in attendance, Mark Blucas, PJ Marshall, Allison McAtee, Rachel McKeon, and Monica Weich were all there on stage. And then afterwards, we will have a portion of the critics commentary from Michael Guillen. And without further ado, here is a snippet from the Q&A at the Erie Horror Fest. This isn't
1: like the standard genre movie where we're gonna show you a bunch of knives and weapons and blood in the first five minutes. It was John and Dorota's intention all along to have this throwback movie where it was a character-rooted story first, and then the genre components came in the back door. Being in
2: such good, capable, safe hands with amazing scene partners and and, uh, an amazing crew, that was like the first job that I'd had where I felt like, oh, maybe I know what I'm... Like, maybe I should trust my my feelings inside. Because before this, I'd done a bunch of stuff like anything I'd done on TV was like, I'm a lawyer, I'm a judge person, and I've got nice hair. But this was like the first time where I got to do something where it was just like real. The two farms that we filmed at,
3: actually, we had lost our location like a a week before filming. I think it was like a week. And it was kind of a panic of like, oh my gosh, how are we going to find two farms across the street from each other. What do we do? And serendipitously, you know, these uh, incredible locations appear. Yeah, across the street, yeah, across yeah, the street yeah. from each other was perfect, exactly what we needed. And uh, the, the farm stand is actually a farm stand of the, the Leshefsky family. If you guys know them, they have corn in, in Edinburgh. And it's amazing. It's like the best sweet corn sweet corn in town, like hands down. Um, and so it's I normal. went a couple days early and, and hung out with um, one of the guys who, you know, it's his farm. And picked corn with him and saw how he did it and learned about, I mean I grew up in Edinburgh but I didn't grow up on, on a farm so I didn't really know, so I learned about the kinds of varietals that he used and why and how he grew them and I think just hanging out with them and seeing how they lived and did everything kind of is what you're saying in that they were there and you hang out with them because they were filming. and. Kind of, you know, rubs off.
1: Maybe this is a movie that was made for a number, and we didn't have the luxury of all the time. And some of the things PJ say saying, my hats off to John because to allow an actor who just got in, in into town to have that ability to really explore it and find it and talk, you know, that's that's not <laughs> generally the pace we yeah. had to be at on this movie to do. Um, You know, on on a personal level for the George Lomack thing, the the thing that really struck me the most, and the moment I liked in the script the most when when I read it, was the picnic table scene, where you kind of see philosophically what these two families um, feel about the world and the land and the earth, and they're across the street from each other, and suddenly it's the collision where they're there. And for me, I always say, hey, the best arguments that we ever see on camera is where an audience member can truly sympathize and understand and agree with elements of the argument on both sides. If it's so obvious that they're right and they're wrong, well, that's not a compelling film or a layered layered story. And so I spent a lot of time with John early on. We were just talking. I was like, I want this guy to feel like he has done everything he possibly can for his family, and then opportunity knocks. And you can't blame him for saying yes. Obviously, it's a moment that triggers something that affects everybody around him and and ultimately the world around him and the decisions they make. But I felt like it was a very realistic thing to see someone down on their luck, mopping the floor, working as a mechanic, trying to sell the house. No one's buying it. Like literally trying everything they can and he's got kids and someone in school that they don't want to sacrifice their dream where it became a character that was a very believable person that you don't punish him that much when he says,
4: Drill. Do it.
2: I had traveled the whole day before from another film set in Kentucky, came right on set, and then they were like, okay, they handed me a bat, and they are like, all right, murder, and it, you know, jumped right to the end of the movie, which was awesome, and and I, that isn't to say that I didn't get a lot of conversations with John, because I did, about um, the kind of person who... Uh, maybe feels that they are uh, always having to be an adult as a child or someone who is having to take care of all the others around her in the more boring logistical sense, like the person who has to call the company or the person who has to wait on the phone, the person, that kind of person. Um, And we talked a lot about that. That's an important person, I think, and we all know one of those. Uh, But yeah, in terms of the short film shoot, I think we really felt it. You know, we came right in came right in and it did not stop for, which I think helped, probably helped at the end of the day with performances. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I, think my, I think my, it was maybe the first or second day was the cornfield stuff yeah. at the end of the movie too. Yeah. Uh, so same thing, like jumped in like, like, and I feel like it was like 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. call, something really early for like many hours, like three hours running in the cornfield, I think. My first so.
2: day I got my hair colored. Oh, My first day I got my hair colored like in a trailer and we didn't have water and then we had to go find the water it was yeah it was crazy that, that was my story so. there,
5: there was a mark in front of the camera and a mark on the other side of the camera pushing it and I remember one night we were trying to do the shot where I get shot mm. and and we were running out of time it was raining mm. and and the the special effects guys like, come on, I need more time. Mark's like, come on, please, we need to go. And, and they're trying to put pus in my mouth or put, it, put pus on the, one of the things that pops. And I go, put it in my mouth, put it in my mouth. <laughs> you know, ah, you know what I mean? But it's a, it's a crazy way to work, but it, it was the only way. Yeah. Everybody was pushing for their job to get it done. And Mark had to push to, to, it was intense. But there's something about working that way sometimes that... that when you feel like it's all on the line and you got a time clock and you got to make it it, 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 it heightens up and it makes you kind of push your level mm-hmm. further sometimes than if you have all day long, you know? I don't know. It's just I interesting...
3: I remember you had been doing a Fincher project at the same time, and you came and he was like, I just did one scene for 16 hours. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen here. <laughs> yeah.
5: That's mine, Hunter? Yeah. Yeah, I rewatched That's a great scene. Uh-huh. But, there, but like I said, it's a, it's a different, like you have everything at your footsteps. Your, uh, who directed that?
3: Different budget that, level, uh, right there. <laughs> um,
5: different budget. Andrew Dominic. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. But I, to tell you the truth, I couldn't wait to get back. Yeah. Because you really feel part of a family. You feel part of everybody. Whereas you're on to shoot like that, you know who these people are and you know where you're at and it's a monster.
1: And to me, that was, that was truly the best experience. And we have a lot of the crew members, Mike. I mean, we have so many people that were involved in the movie here. And like, listen, on paper, it's an extremely ambitious movie. The, the idea that you're gonna shoot, one, in this genre, which means you're working nights. Two, yeah. f- two farming families, which means you're now outside and three, we're in freaking Erie, so you have no idea what you're gonna predict on the weather. Well, guess what? We can't call insurance days. Like, there's not like, hey guys, it's gonna rain tomorrow, and so we're all like, so the scene's in the rain. They're like, but her close-up's not gonna be in the rain, because the fucking rain's gonna stop. And we're like, so the rain's gonna stop. And if it really yanks the people out of the story, it yanks them out of the story. And, and, and even though we sat and laughed and, and joke about that, because what John had written was really a 32-day shoot, and we had 18 to do it, and we had to call in. I know the locals, you know, we were all calling every, every favor we had. I'm like, I know a guy in construction. He's got some scaffolding. We can get the lights up higher for the, for the treehouse. We, like, we were calling everybody we could because it does take a village, and it is that feeling, and I said this to John, and, I'm, and it's not fluff, and it has nothing to do with the fact that, It happened around Gerard, where I grew up, even though that's a big part of it, because like Rachel said, like the idea of shooting in your hometown is something that that we as actors who have kind of traveled the world and and get in such random places, like the idea of coming to your hometown to, to work and shoot a movie was so attractive to us and to me especially that it got to that point where I said to him, John, this is one of the, I've been doing this for 25 years now, and this is one of the best professional experiences I've ever had in my life. We didn't have enough money. We didn't have enough time. It's, it's, so, it's so true, and, and, and we, all, we all had to wear so many hats.
2: Like on, oh. on,
1: yeah, on Allison's day off, she's there helping the, this department. And like, everybody had to, in between scenes. You, we, you just, it's the only way this movie can get made. And we did a panel earlier today where we talked about how to pitch and putting it together and how there's really no formula and how you just have to go for it and you're calling every favor you have and your mom's making sandwiches for people to eat. Like, it's just the way that it kind of has to get done. And, and that to me is what establishes a sense of community. Even the out of towner said, guys, that was awesome, yeah, and, yeah. and as and as a producer, like you just want, it's like, hey guys, we know we're all signing up to work way too many hours for way too little money. But guess what? It's gonna feel like camp at the end of the day, and we're gonna have a great time doing it. And I hopefully we can make us and tell and all tell a story that matters. And when it's that small and it means that much to people, I can tell you from the electric department to the camera department, all the way up to our writer directors, they cared about the story. And when you have that in play, that's really all you can ask for. It mattered to everybody. And that's when it means the most because the bigger it gets and the bigger the paychecks get, you lose maybe some of that investment, that personal investment with people. And that just wasn't, it wasn't the case. So I know for all of us, especially the locals, it felt so good to kind of get behind on earth and allow this to maybe be a calling card to hopefully maybe bring some more more of that industry here.
0: Love it. And now we have a preview of the Critics Commentary track featuring critic Michael Guillen. He's talking about the scene where Catherine, who's played by Adrian Barbeau, invites Christina, who's played by Allison McAtee, to go fishing. And she talks to her about the weight of the decision to lease the land to the gas company and introduces the concept of currencia.
4: In this scene between Catherine and Christina, we see Catherine appealing across the generations to Christina to confront her about her desire to leave the farm. She introduces the concept of the carencia, which is to become really the film's most orienting metaphor, as Ernest Hemingway once wrote about it in his 1932 novel, Death in the Afternoon. A carencia is a place the bull naturally wants to go to in the ring, a preferred locality. In this place, he feels that he has his back against the wall, and in his carencia, he is inestimably more dangerous and almost impossible to kill. By referencing this metaphysical concept of the carencia, Catherine stakes out what she foresees as the family's last stand, and by extension, perhaps, America's last stand. The term carencia comes from the Spanish verb querer, which means to desire. In bullfighting, as Hemingway described, the term refers to how a bull may stake out his carencia, a certain part of this bull bullring where he feels strong and safe. Catherine argues that if the families stick together and fight the fracking company, they might be able to save their farms—that is, their carencia. If, as Catherine suggests to Christina, Her aptitude for for photography is intimately connected to the land of her upbringing. The intrinsic critique and warning is that, conceivably, she might lose the fount of her creativity by moving away. Catherine is appealing to the feminine strength in Christina to take over stewardship of the land to counter the weakness of the men who have squandered it.
0: The Unearthed Ultimate Edition Blu-ray Release is available to order now at all major online retailers in two new color schemes, Green Mold and Red Rust. Available as well in poster form at unearthmovie.com. I know you had a visitor today.
4: You make the decisions that's best for your family. I'll make the decisions that's best for mine. Does that sound like something you might be interested in? Jesus, Dad, wake up! Oh. I think I just, just close my eyes for a second. <coughs>
5: But